before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests and which deliver their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is Within the Barrens. Founder and owner of Independent America Pictures, as well as a director, writer, and actor, and it's Anthony E. Moran. So we're going to be talking about indie horror and the latest film, Let Us In. Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here, man. Shout out to everybody in Salem, Massachusetts, and oh, yeah. um, yeah, and I'm so great, glad to be on the podcast and. I can't wait to talk to you about it, man. I'm I'm glad you dug the film too, man. Yeah, it was it was a blast, and I really can't wait to start like picking your brains about everything. But one thing I always love to do that like allows me and everybody who listens and watches to really get to know the person that I'm talking to is to kind of go all the way back to the beginning, like where the love of either filmmaking came from or the love of horror or anything like that. Like, where did all this kind of like stem from for you? Um, great question, man. Um, so we were one of the first people to have a VHS, um, player on our block, like straight up. I remember we went on like a winter night. Uh, I was born in 79. Um, my mom was 17 when she had me. And then my dad was 19. Both of them were true blue horror fans. My dad, I, I have pictures of him. He looks just like Jody and Phantasm. And he had that same Kuda but in orange. And I remember they went to the drive-in and it was, um, uh what was it god told me to with phantasm and my dad and my mom brought their orange cuda but anyways when i was at a very early age um you know when we got the vhs player my dad would go i remember there was like only one vhs store around and he went there and then he'd find the other ones but he would bring and now keep in mind so i'm like three four at this time <laughs> and he's like 22 three you know now so he's bringing home films like everything you can think of toxic adventure you know what i mean oh wow yeah yeah, final exam, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And um, so I just support Andy really, he had all these books because my dad is, is the biggest horror fan from back in the 60s and 70s when he was a kid. So he had all his famous, famous monsters magazines, a oh, bunch nice. of them. And then he had a lot of the hardcover books. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, like the 60s, 70s hardcover horror books. And so a lot of them had a lot of Hammer stuff in there. So I was a yeah. huge Hammer film. It's kind of funny not to trail off, but I had like the biggest hammer collection in the world for like a little kid at like age 12. No That's joke. Awesome. I had, yeah. I had like a kingdom of hammer stuff. Um, but long story short. So yeah, I was into it at a very early age. I had no um, viewing restriction, you know, unless I got like super scared by the stuff that my parents were like, yo, you know, like Halloween. I remember one time and I want to touch on this too real quick. I also was very influenced my my dad would let me spend the, or stay up all night with him, right? So he worked weird hours for being an engineer at Ford. So like he would um, work days and we could stay up all night or whatever shift it was. And like after midnight, they always have. I remember the first time I watched Dracula AD 1972, oh, you nice. know? And then one other thing, shouts out to Thriller Double Feature, which was a big show on Saturday in Detroit. And they always had, um, you know, horror films throughout the day. So every Saturday, then with the running, then with my parents just constantly into it and being young, I just I just was like, damn. And I always knew I wanted to make films. I mean, just like from the earliest age. That's awesome, dude. And like I'm a father too. So my, my son right now is five. And um he he loves horror. I mean, he's I try to get him to watch 
watch movies and then sometimes he's like, eh, no, but he likes to watch a lot of YouTube of people like making costumes and he's very artsy and he draws a lot. So he like, he, he stems from like the, the horror aspect more from the art angle of it and like how, what it takes to create like creatures and stuff like that. So that's really, really cool to, to hear like you growing up as well, um, you know, really in there in the weeds with, with horror and um, me personally, I've said this so many times on the show, but I always like to let my, my guests know, um, I was scared of everything growing up, like so scared. I didn't um, break out of my shell until maybe like, I always forget if it's like 10 or 11 years old and it was Halloween 1978. Michael over here, who is, you know, always there, he broke me out of my shell and like made me really start loving horror it scared the hell out of me, and I love that feeling. So now, as a horror fan, I love watching, you know, like the crazy things and, and crazy movies with blood and gore and everything. But mm-hmm. my active thing is to seek out that one film that truly terrifies me. That and let me really cut makes real quick. me scared. Let me plug off just real quick because I want to stay on that point. So it's really funny. Remember how I said that my parents, unless they, you know, unless I got truly scared by it. Yeah. So it's so funny you said um, Halloween 1978. That has been a recurring thing in my whole life. Actually, you can't see it. I got the dowel behind me, actually, that I bought in 1998. You know, the big talking dowels wow. in the box right to the right. I got a big uh, collection. But what I was going to say is, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. With Halloween, with Halloween 1978, I have to say, it's just a pivotal film in so many ways. I dug it in so many ways. But here's the thing. That was the first time I ever, because I was scared by a lot of stuff too, even though I watched horror films. But I mean, there was like a big kidnapping scare when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was yeah. like stuff like that. You know, like we were scared about or like the boogeyman being, you know, down the street. We had this old um, place, like there was a killer supposedly. Um, and it was called the shoe tree at his house. And this guy supposedly really did kill. And um, supposedly when he killed people, he would throw their shoes on a tree. So people like skaters and punk rockers would go by and they'd throw their shoes on the tree, you know? Yeah. But this tree was so big and it had all these shoes, but at the very top, it had like old shoes from like the 30s and 40s. And the wow. rumor was, yeah, it was wow. the shoe tree. And a, a cool name for a song. But I was going <laughs> to say one other thing. Um, the shoe tree, the rumor was is that the killer of his garage was open. He um, was home and you were good. And if it was closed, he was on the prowl. So I was always, I was always scared of shit like that. But here's the thing. I wasn't scared by like the hammer and the Freddy and the horror, but, but here's how the first time I ever remember, I mean, I remember it like yesterday. So we had that show, um, Thriller Double Feature, but they didn't show Halloween, I remember. The only show that showed it on TV was Shocktober, and that was a Halloween show that was only for like two weeks right before Halloween on Channel 20 in Detroit. And I remember, man, the first time I was with my wife, um, um, my mom, it's this is a really wild story. So Halloween two comes on in the beginning, okay, and it's just the beginning. And I, my mom's like, oh, you, you know, you, you think you can watch it? And I was like, you know, and she was like, oh, you watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, like a couple weeks ago. So she's like, I think you're good. That beginning of two, because you know how it's like the end of the first one and everything, you know. Yep. Um, right when it got to the point of, you know, he's getting shot off, um, you know, it falls off. My mom is just like, Ooh, blah, blah, blah. It'll sound funny. The story is. So she's like, Oh, you know, I gotta go pick your dad up from work. She's like, I gotta take you to grandma's house. It wasn't far. So she takes me down there. Right. And, um, like later on that night, by the time I got to my grandma's, they replayed the movie. Okay. So now my mom at the same night shut it off. So now like a couple hours later, okay, I'm at my grandma's and my uncle is a Detroit cop comes out and and he was watching it. I come in the door and my mom goes to my grandma, don't let him watch that. We were just watching it. You know what the fuck, you know, excuse my language. So she, Oh, you're good. Oh, cool. And, but you know, I don't like to put a bad look for the kids and everything. You know what I mean? I try not to swear, but, but let me say this much. So to end what we're talking about, so it's so funny. My mom opens the door, sees it on TV. She goes, we we're just watching this. You know, I don't want him to watch this because he gets scared. Of it. Don't show him anything that he's going to be scared of. Yeah. She leaves and my uncle just leaves to go to work. And he goes, my grandma goes, think you should be watching this. He goes, let him watch it. Dig <laughs> it's I a grandparents, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, but I watched at that point where the movie was at. This is how I have a photographic memory. It's really wild. I can remember this point of the movie. Um, so I saw the end of the movie, but this was the part when I got to my grandma's house 
when she looks across the street and, you know, all the lights are off, Jamie Lee Curtis, and she has to walk across. And I feel, I know it's played out, not played out in the movie, but I know it's played out because other people say it. But man, I'd have to say in any movie, period, the scariest scene I've ever seen is when he's like behind Lindsay going, Lindsay. And he looks in the window and John Carpenter uses the music from the thing, you know what I mean? Tear me on space. And I love how he uses the music from another movie for like his movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I love how Michael Myers kicks open the door, you know, he's Karen Annie, and he shuts the door in the light. But Ken's just like, what the fuck? And then to comment one last thing, yeah, that last. You know, 10, 15 minutes of Halloween. That's the scariest footage I feel it's ever been laid down. So it was so cool to hear you say that. Hell yeah. The movie really impacted me a lot. And I, I watch all of those movies so much, even though it's a franchise that, you know, has its ups and downs like all the other ones. But um, just those first two films, especially the first one, they affected me so much that I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, because... they didn't exist. I never say shit like that. But imagine that film didn't exist. Yeah. I know. It's like, it, I mean, just to say, you know, horror was around me, but there would probably be a lot of horror that, you know, it's so funny to hear John Carpenter too say, no, they go, how do you feel about it? And he goes, all I see is a rubber knife. I've never noticed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess it's Dude, he's a character, man. He's a character. He's a character. <laughs> One other thing I want to say too, a lot of people, um, I was talking about this the other day um, too, um, but a lot of people dissed because I remember these movies came out. My dad was young. He was going to see them. And he'd give me the Fangoria, you know, because magazine stores. But, but I was talking about this, but I want to jump into Halloween 4 real quick. But to just say this other part, to segue into Halloween 4. At the time, most people now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is regarded as like top tier, which yeah. it is to me. But back then, no one dug it. You know what I'm saying? Like, believe it or not, it was just like thumbs down when it came out. People didn't get the Breakfast Club or anything. So when Halloween 4 came out, um... I mean, I remember we were so excited to see that and people didn't dig it, you know? And now looking back, it's not that I don't watch, you know, one and two. I always put those on in the Halloween season. I watch them all year round. But I'm into four again, you know what I mean? And then bits and pieces of five. But four is just tough as up. Lady, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just so I mean, that whole beginning in four. But yeah, it's just really crazy, though. That's why I mentioned T2. It's her text chain. So I'm asking you, I don't want people to think I'm talking about Terminator, but yeah, that's why <laughs> these films sometimes they might not be as much loved in the very beginning and then they catch momentum, you know, and blah, 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 you know, but yeah, how we, how, do you like four or what? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love all of them. Um, pretty much equally. I mean, except for the first two, I hold those ones really, really high, but yeah, no four and five. I, I really, really, really dug those ones. And then obviously we get into like the other, like the Thorn trilogy and, and like all that I stuff that's going on. I, I love them all because um, I, I grew up like binge watching those all the time every season. And I started watching them throughout the year. So, yeah, they, they hold a very like important part in my life um, when it comes to horror cinema and cinema in general. Because I, I feel like without halloween with it being you know as indie as it is we wouldn't be having films like yours that are you know really like grassroots diy all the way straight down through and through with you know doing things any way you possibly can you know john carpenter really helped pave a way for uh independent filmmakers to kind of just do what they want and say fuck you to the man and all this stuff like i'm gonna make what i want to make and that's just how it's gonna be um, so that's why I really appreciate this film that you allowed me to watch and now starting to get to know you more and um, reading up other reviews that people have you know talked about this or have seen it. And it's just like, it's great. And I love what you're doing. And I know that you said you have another film uh, coming on the way. That's uh, Evil featuring... 1% the sequel, aka Let Us Out. But it takes place from that night. We'll get into this later. But mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, you no, know, like, I don't want to say because Evil Dead 2 is like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the same story. This yeah. isn't. It just kind of ties in what happened in the beginning. I'll give you some drop, some things on this podcast. I try to do that on each one. I'll give you some stuff that I haven't talked about on this one when we get awesome. into it. But yeah, Evil 1% is the sequel. All the characters in the movie um, will be back in some way or another. And then the story gets explained more. No, I don't tell how the infected people. I don't call them zombies. I call them infected people. Yeah, I like, like that. um Fulci. Yeah, Fulci always called nice. Like, they're not zombies, they're infected people. But uh, <laughs> let me just say this. 
Yeah, the um, evil one percent is more. I would say, um, you know, like uh, Le- Lettuce Sin has been called, and I like this kind of like Last House and Left meets Night Living Dead. Yeah. But the guys are bikers. So, you know, if you take that Night Living Dead apocalypse look when we break down the film, I was going to say that it's, I'd like to look at Lettuce Sin more like Night Living Dead. But with this next one, even 1%, it's going to be more like Dawn of the Dead. And I'm not, when I say epic, I don't mean like, oh, you know, like I'm overshooting my water or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, this is very thought out. And I don't care if I talk about my ideas or if someone steals them or something like that. Because, you know, I, what I'm about to do and the way I'm going to execute them, I don't think other people could. But let me just say a couple things. Like in this next one, you know, I really like the Argento cut of Dawn of the Dead. You know what I mean? And if you had Google that on YouTube and it has a lot more biker scenes, a little yeah, bit yeah. that. But yeah, and this one, like, um, okay, I'll give you a couple little things. So, you know, my wife plays the girl with the black hair that gets her head ripped off, Meg, okay? Okay, yeah. So in the second one, um, and I'm going to drop a bombshell that nobody knows. I think I don't know if I told on the other podcasts. I've been on so many recently, but but do you know Drew Mar- You know Drew Mark? You know my boy yeah, Drew Mark? Yeah, he's, he's a really good friend of mine. I, I just brought yeah, him out yeah. for a screening of a Pool Party Massacre. just there. Yeah, he was just there. Well, he is going to um, play Meds, and it's kind of a takeoff from um, the Hells Angel Magoo that was um, in Hells Angel 69. But he wears a doctor's lab coat with his motorcycle colors over it, and it's really cool. The le- doctor's lab coat has, you know, patches all over it, then he's got the biker colors, but he carries a doc like a leather bag with a lot of different weapons, you know? And it ain't hokey. Like, the way we're gonna, um, you know how he's naturally funny? The movie's still gonna have a dark, you know, like serious uh, you know, thing a dark vibe, serious vibe. I like that yeah. about Lettuce Sim. Anyways, just to touch on this and we'll go back, but for Evil 1%, my wife gets her head uh, taken off. And when I said all the characters come back, they come back like you don't think. So here's one scene. So me and Drew, like, and the sheriff, we get, actually, I'm not in this part, but Drew and um, a couple other people, they go to a coroner's office to get some stuff and weapons and stuff like that. And um, they're in the body bag and it explains them in the movie. They go unzip. Actually, I'm going to see what am I talking about? But we go <laughs> unzip the body um, bag and it's my wife in there, Meg. Just like, I think, what is it? In, um, I'm just having a brain fart. Like Return Living Dead, I think is a part one or two. With like brains yeah. take away the pain. Yeah. So yeah, it's my wife time. with her head off. And the way we're doing it, it looks amazing. And she's like, me, don't you love me anymore? Take me for a ride. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going on babies to hell. You know what I mean? And we just do her in. But there's double decapitations on motorcycles. We're also ending the film, not to get too much in Evil 1%. We'll go back. But in Evil 1%, um, you know, to go back to Halloween, um, we were talking about, you said you liked a lot of them. A lot of people dog the new Halloween. But let me just say this. There were some pieces in that. Because I like being edgy. I like doing things different, you know, and, and that's a quote Quentin Tarantino, um, always badass, but he goes, man, what do you want to make a film that's been made before? Or do you want to like do a film and it could be of a genre, but put your own twist on it, make it, make it unique. Sure. Well, I kind of like, and I'm going to jump around, but it all connects. I like how the new Halloween, that scene where like him and Michael Myers, the kid and him go to that doctor, you know what I mean? The house and kill them together. That was just like so edgy and badass. And then when he was with the girl, he jumps off the roof. You know what I mean? She's yeah. like, what are you doing? He's like, seeing him, I'm invincible. That's the kind of writing I like. Now, when we go to Let Us In, it's not really a biker film, is it? There's not a lot of writing. It's blah, blah, blah. But it has a, you know an Evil Dead feel, uh, Last House Left, all that shit. Well, Evil 1%, what I'm really digging is we got a lot of unique kills, like the double decapitation on motorcycles, the return, the homage to Return Living Dead one, pay homage to a lot of movies. But to go back to that Quentin Tarantino quote, I wanted Evil 1% to be unique. So in the three acts, the, the second act's real pivotal. It's a big LSD biker party um, love-in. And it's, um, you know, it's got a real 60s counterculture vibe. And it gets overrun with zombies. That's where the double decapitations are. But the third act, I thought it was very clever. And it goes along with what, you know, that quote I said about Quentin. The third act in Evil 1% is going to be very claustrophobic in the woods in a cabin like Evil Dead and the bikers oh, yeah, have a stand up. There's, there's a real close scene where Drew pulls a buzz. You know, they're like getting 
so much overrun. There's a scene where like they got to board the window that keeps coming undone. And um, Drew just pulls a zombie in, right? You're going to try. I haven't told anybody this on any show. <laughs> and um, Drew pulls a zombie in. And, you know, when they broke that corner office, he stole a lot of drugs, you know? Of course. And he just you, fucking, he um, shoots a zombie up with morphine. You know what I mean? Oh, man, and the zombie that's awesome. is dead, but it's just like, you know, and then they, he locks it into a room. But it, I don't want to give away how Drew dies. But what I'm getting at is I tell people that I'm glad you're laughing and we're going to do it in a serious way, though, you know, but yeah, I want yeah. to do stuff like I haven't seen like another kill in the movie. Um, and I don't care if people are listening and try to take my ideas and try to do it yourself. You know, it's like touche, like, you know, that's, oh, yeah, I know healthy competition is cool. It's, you know, I feel like execution is everything. Someone else might execute it different than I would. But I'm very confident in this film and what I'm going to be able to do. And so let me end it with this. There's also stuff like I've never seen this in a movie before. Um, you know, when the biker party gets overrun and the zombies are everywhere and these bikers are taking them out before they get to the cabin for the last standoff. It's really cool because my character reads suplex as a zombie onto a parking meter. Do you know what I mean? And the zombie falls down and he's going crazy. He can't move. That's why I did it, you know? So like, you know, he isn't dead. And then I'm like using found objects like um, this woman's in the zombie when they're all running away. There's a scene where, you know, the girl's trying to start the car. One of the bikers puts the um, zombie's head rig into the fan belt. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of cool kills. A kid getting killed on a Schwinn 60s thing, right? You know, those bicycles. Yeah. So a lot of cool bikes in this one, too. But I thought it was very cool to end it claustrophobic. Pay homage to my Michigan fellow brother at brethren, you know, you know, Sam Raimi and shit. And I want to pay homage to a lot, but it's just not a road biker movie. And I don't think Lettison is. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, everything like, I feel like with your style from watching this one, it's so fucking rock and roll that I love it so much as, as a, you know, a a metalhead myself and I love music. I'm, I'm a drummer as well, like on my part time. So I'm like very into music and, um, also, my co-host, whenever he has time, or from the the UK, Dean of the Dead, um, makes, makes hot sauces. But he's also a rocker, you know, and he's super um DIY. And we always love watching films like this from from people who are coming up from really nothing and like putting all they have into this. Like whether it be like I got a crowdfund to film just to get this going, or I'm gonna put a hundred dollars into this, whatever I have, to get my vision made, and hopefully someone's gonna like it. And with this one, it, it's so fun. It, it's less than 90 minutes. So it's like, if you're looking for... Two minutes. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about the length later. But keep going, keep going. I'm yeah. taking what you're saying. So like, if you're looking for a really quick bite, if you want to watch yeah. something that's, that's you no know, different, that really brings some hard-hitting things, like the effects in this film are really, really awesome for it being a, a low-budget, crowd-funded film. Uh, the score is good. And I think you were using... Um, uh, epidemic right uh yeah music. mark who i edited with that was a generic thing now okay slasher day wanted to do um oh well let me jump back and say one thing it's crazy dude because i am so um i just have them all over the place but uh just to go back to what you said about rock and roll so i have um i have a band i sing and play guitar and i have tons of albums out and when i say tons you go look them up around by my i'm bummed started 2003 i've toured everywhere with um a band called friends of dennis wilson which is my band so it's like psychedelic garage rock you know like real heavy yeah, dude. Rock, rock. so i I have, um, you know, all my shits on vinyl and um, I recorded all, every album on reel to reel. I produced every album on reel to reel. So I was always had this DIY, DIY aesthetic. Do you dig what I'm saying? So um, although I went to um, a really good college where I was doing broadcast and communication and film there, you know, in a television station and doing film. But yeah, right when I graduated from my college in Milwaukee, went to Marquette University with Dwayne Wade. It's like a private Catholic school. I got an English scholarship. It's not that I really wanted to go to a Catholic school. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was for, yeah, that, that was a whole different trip. But one, and no, just a Catholic, I'm just saying it was more of a preppy environment. But right when I graduated from 2003 till, um, and I haven't stopped, um, if you go look it up. So yeah, there's tons of friends of Dennis Wilson vinyls. And um, yeah, so that's so crazy. You know, I really like you. You're very perceptive. So you could sense that that rock and roll feel and now here let me just say another thing about that i told you right when we start we're talking you know before we did the countdown i want to thank the people who helped me guess what yeah that's me and that's my vision you know and in my vibe with the rock and roll but dig this 
Um, my wife, Rebecca, who I've been with 20 years, she um, is into music, does stuff with me. But well, wait till I go down the line. You know, the Afro biker, you know? Yep. Pro biker dude he's fucking legend um he played in the detroit cobras and then he was in this legendary band called um Paik, p-a-i-k and when i say they're legendary like you can go type of type it type them in and um you know they're in you know times square in new york you know what i mean but you know oh, yeah. i mean they're just so big so he's a legend now he's in dark red but then timothy jenkins who does all the ip shout out to you tim jenkins shout out to you rob smith too but I was going to say all the cats who were involved with rock and roll, like Tim Jenkins, who plays the chainsaw biker. Did you know that's Tim Jenkins from Acid Witch? No, no. You know the band Acid Witch, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you told Tim me who did the art for this, I was like, really? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's done all the um, IAP art and stuff like that. Here's a toy right here. There's two of them of the chainsaw right here. Dude, that's so and rad. And then here's the alternate. He did this artwork, too. So he's like some crazies looking art for the chainsaw. And they're really detailed and bloody. That's so cool. sick, dude. Yeah, wow. yeah. We even got Evil 1%. I got we got tons of cool merch. We got Evil 1%, um, Evil 1% patches. Says this film should be played loud support. Right. So Tim, you know, so Tim is has, you know, records out. Tim is toured. And um, you know, we're on the similar scene in, in Detroit music, and like so everybody in that film is rock. You know what I mean? And oh, Mark too, um, who the cinematographer shout out to Mark Larson, my dog. And then to jump back, what we were saying. So I like to go sometimes, you know, with I want to go with what I feel, but I love when people throw ideas. It ain't a one man show ever. And um, and you got to know as a director when to take someone's advice, incorporate into what you're doing, or just be like, no, this is what we're doing. But check this out. I'm glad I listened to my gut on the one thing. The sound um, was incredible. You know, the soundtrack, right? Like Hell just, yeah. the, you know, it was so eerie. Well, my whole thing was I did the soundtrack with friends of Dennis Wilson. I, I used the name, but it was just me and my drummer. But I did the strong arm. I only have two feature length films. My other film is like a grindhouse combat shock rolling thunder thing, death wish thing called strong arm. Um, here's the VHS right here, but I have another slip cover in the artwork. Tim, um, that is amazing. We have toys for strong arm. Here's, strong arm right here i hand make all these vhs here's a colored uh strong arm vhs but it's just bad ass where is it so yeah here's a, a strong arm i make all these details yeah. and design them i like the big rated x we just made me and my partner ac the tire the hot wheel tire with the aip logo Hell but yeah, with strong man. arm i did um a, a, people really dug the sound the the sound the film score that i did but after strong arm I just was like, that's why I don't want to lose the serious vibe in um, Evil 1%. And I want to like have Drew be funny still. But here's the thing. I feel as soon as you're taking on the elements sometimes, that's why I feel like CGI doesn't really work. You know what I mean? Because your mind yeah. just knows like that no matter what, you know, like, and I feel like I love the old hammer fucking painted castles. You know what I mean? More yeah, than, dude. you know, yeah, I mean? as practical as you can get, you know, that that's me yeah. through and through. Yeah, so basically what I was going to say about the sound was, um, you know, Josh Schaefer from Lunchmean ended up putting out um, a limited edition 50 of the VHS, but but That's awesome, he goes dude. right, yeah, that was really cool. That was right away after the premiere they sold out, but I have red VHS too and stuff. Did you get the red, a red VHS? White? Um, I have the, the white one. The white ones are rare. Yeah, so I got that oh. and I obviously I have, I have the barf bags and oh, I got the DVD so cool? here. I popped yeah. in DVD. Um, like you, you sent me the screener, so I watched the screener, and then I was like, I need to watch the DVD. So I popped the DVD in, and dude, mint quality. Like seriously, for like what you're doing, and bringing out physical media as well, I think is such a smart move. And you're like, hey, just just take it, just take it. And I'm like, that's great because I love social media. I I love it. Um, like physical media and and everything like that. And like I have other VHSs. Uh. I'm friends, um, actually pretty close friends to Broke Horror Fan, who does a lot of stuff with um, Witter Entertainment, who does like all these VHS releases and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, I've seen those before. I love those, man. Yeah, I know so exactly. Definitely, uh, I, if I you, love the whole culture. If you need like other people to help you with doing releases with physical media, definitely reach out to um, Witter Entertainment. He's amazing, and 
I, I have nothing but great things to say about. Well, here's the thing. Trying to be mean. God bless him. Um, but that's the whole thing with IP. And um, I'm not going to give a figure. But if I told you how much I've sold in um, the movie premiered last October 15th. And um, so it just is a year old now and, and it's about to stream on Tubi in a couple of weeks That's here. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. Yeah, I was going to say, if I told you how much um, VHS um, and DVDs I've sold tangibly with all the cons and the screenings I've done and how much I do every day, you would be shocked and fall off the floor. I was offered a lot and I don't brag about this. So what I was going to say is I pride myself. Everything is handmade, numbered. I didn't number yours or whatever. I number the ones I just gave you. But yeah, the reason why I can give them away is I sell so many. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I pride myself on making those. Like I said, I have a book coming out. I can't really get into it. Um, if oh, I told awesome. you what it was, people would be like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. You could kind of guess what it is, but explains the whole journey. So, yeah, I make everything, um, everything. Um, Tim hand paints all that art. Then I have my boy AC. We design all our stickers. So the silhouette, look at those stickers on each shows. The Michigan Horror, the Sport yeah, Detroit Films, the um, Sport Films Made Detroit Hot Wheels. So I'm constantly designing those. That Hot Wheel logo, the tire, is a hoodie. Um, then look at I have Evil 1% um, shirts right here um check these bad boys out That's but no sick. i pride myself yeah oh yeah and they have the japanese it says let us sound japanese but here's the thing um i'm i guess we are in competition now but we're not you know what i was gonna say is you know now um i've been doing this since 2014 and um strong arm kind of it played its similar way slam but it got canceled because of covid do you know what i mean oh, yeah, yeah so i just went right in and did let us in my point is I've been doing this VHS my whole life. And um, so, yeah, I really pride myself on every one of those VHS is handmade by me. I have a factory in my basement. I mean, it looks like a fucking factory. <laughs> and I, I own more combos than anybody. You know what I mean? And um, more VHS. I mean, probably shit. So my whole point is, IP, I feel what I'm doing is special because I'm a director, filmmaker. I like the way you, you know, gave me the intro. And I really appreciate that. But yeah, oh, I pride right. myself on not only directing, writing the films, um i'm not gonna act in every film that read thing was just you know what i mean um i'm gonna be an evil one percent but i like to act but more so i like to direct so what i was gonna say is to end on the tangible media part i was at vhs fest seven it was incredible at mahoning drive-in um i want to do vhs fest eight next year um but yeah i was at a bunch this year a bunch of stuff last two years a um, bunch of cons and stuff and you know, I really pride myself being a director and making that and giving it to the fans. And they seem that seems to be my thing because there's other people. I'm not saying there isn't other people like shout out to Bloodsick Productions, my boy Bruce. Do you know what I mean? Hell yeah, there's other people who put out their stuff like Shay. Shout out to Shay, my good friend from Black Video. But like, I don't think there's a lot of people. I know there are people out there that direct and put their own films out. But I just think it's special that I'm a director and putting my own films out and I'm giving view and they're made by my hand. Another thing like the DVD. Those bark bags were printed by my wife here in the house. The DVD I use, I get, um, you know, dead stock cases from the Salvation Army and estate sales. So that DVDs look brand new, but they're recycled. The VHS cases, I'm not going to give away my secret, but they're 80s ones. I use all dead stock, original 80s sealed blanks. So, yeah, I really pride myself. I will need help eventually with um, a blue um, ray is what I'm going to have to do. Does your boy oh. that you mentioned do those? Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just strictly VHSs, but okay, I'm strictly VHS, and then I do the DVDs. The only thing that's outsourced is outsourced is the lettuce in tangible like DVD disc. Oh yeah, yeah. But everything yeah. else, yeah, I really pride my. And you know, one day I might. It's I, I can't say. I gotta say this. I wonder how long I can do it because of the the materials and everything, and yeah. you know, but I was. Maybe one day it might get too big to where I do have to get someone like your boy or someone to do it. But I, right now, I really pride myself on that. That's awesome, dude. Like, you really are. And I even have this, like, written down because I was going to ask you and, like, your thoughts on this. But you really are, like, the spirit of DIY, doing oh. all of this stuff yourself. Yeah. You, you, like, you are reminding me so much of my friend Dean over in the UK because he does more theme hot sauces and he does everything himself. He he cooks everything in, in home. He does all the big conventions over in the UK. He he does collabs with movies, and he makes like special hot sauces and beers and a bunch of other stuff. He's a he's a great guy, and um, I need I need to get you guys like linked up somehow. We have to link up. 
I love that you say that, man. I get such a good vibe from you. It's so weird that like the proximity, because sometimes I'll hear people this, you know, social media, which I love, but I'll hear people this, you know what I mean? Like, you know, say this is an interpersonal communication because we're not close to each other. Man, I can feel your race coming right to me right now. Thank you for saying that about the spirited DIY. Sometimes, like I was saying this at a horror fest, you know, I have a spiel, you know, and it's just like people say, oh, you're from Detroit. You came all this way. And I have my little spiel. I'm like, hey, I directed the film. I'm from Detroit. These are all handmade. But I'm always afraid to, or embarrassed to brag, right? And someone goes, no, that's what you're here for. You have a booth, brag, you know? So what I was going to say is it's very touching that you say that, dude, because dig this, you know? A lot of people didn't even get the IEP logo, the nod to Al Adamson and Roger Corman, you know? That took me, I've been doing this since 2014, since I have had the IEP LLC and since I've been doing it. And, um, you know, it isn't an overnight thing, you know? And um, so, you know, your kid, to go back to what you said, that's so cool. He's into the, he could be the next Rob Bowden, you know what I mean? And Hell yeah, dude. Because you said he's in the artistic side and like, I really like, it's so cool that he's having all these influences by you because like, there were these guys, um, it was like this older guy, I don't know if it was the older guy and his boyfriend or an older guy and his boyfriend and then like this um, other guy and his wife, but they did all, a lot of that hammer wardrobe, do you know what I mean? And their story is really cool. Then come to find out like Captain Kronos and a lot of those indoor houses, they were like houses right down the street from Bray and stuff. But what I'm getting to when I, I didn't know a lot about um, the guys who did the wardrobe and the lady. But when I started reading it, it's just such so cool to do things. And what I'm getting at is whether I'm making the VHS and whether I'm doing, you know, or, or whether your son's, you know, behind the camera making wardrobe, you're doing oh, yeah. something. So with the DIY thing, a lot of people, like some of my peers will be like, yo, dude, they'll give me credit. And they're like, damn, Tony, you're always on the grind. But they'll be like, Sometimes they don't even believe how they believe it because they see it. But they're like, God, I can't believe how much you have out, how much you're constantly creating every day. My whole point is if you want to do that and I'm not at the top of the heap, I'm not really even where I want to be. Yet. I'm so happy where I'm at. I never, cause you no, know, back when you were a kid, cause we're in, you know, the horror and the toys. Yeah. I would have died to have toys like I have nowadays. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I would have died. I'm so proud of what I'm doing. So sometimes you have to stop and, you know, say, wow, great. I did a good job. What I'm really getting at is that, um, you know, I just really want to keep pushing it. And um, the way I'm able to do all this is I do nothing else. I'm constantly working. If I'm not working, I'm just running three miles. Then I'm back doing the script and I'm multitasking, walking the house, the iPad, doing sales, <laughs> shipping, shipping lady, come over, talking at the same time to the, you know, the cinematographer, the sound. It's just a, it's just a nonstop thing. So if you want to do something, you want to do it right, or you're really into it, my suggestion is, you know, really really got to do it full time yeah. and be all i i agree with that and like with this show um i've been doing this podcast for nearly three years now and um i have i do have a day job but most of my time when whenever i, I know it, they told me you were a hitman i don't know how you haven't been busted yet you know i mean they told me you were a hitman i mean you just blatantly talk about this too right but you're in canada you only kill people in the u.s right now funny joke right <laughs> so um like i i balance this like all on my free time but like i do all the editing i do all the social media on there so like i i understand the grind and like you it's just so funny like when i when i talk to people like you or even like my my co-host um i met him through the show who's the first guest i have ever had on he's a great guy and like you saying like you you do everything and like you don't take time away to to do anything else because you're so into this, and that's what it's like with him with his hot sauces. Like he is, he's bonkers, and he just put out a um an anthology film too with a bunch of local filmmakers and stuff like that. He just put out that that played in um in a festival, so it's like it's it's so awesome to see that there's other people out there that really have a drive and for me to feel the drive coming off of you while either holding your VHS, watching, yeah, watching your, your, your movie or just talking to you. I feel like these talks are very, very important for other filmmakers out there or people who want to become a filmmaker. And that's why I love talking more to independent, you know, filmmakers and just anybody in, that's more independent than, you know, that the big wigs out there 
because yeah. it, it really helps people realize like I can do this. Everybody has a phone. Like there's so many people that don't realize like you don't need to go out and buy all this equipment. You can make a really short film with just your phone, you know? And like, I think that's one yeah, thing that people it. need to, uh, to start realizing too. Like you don't need to go and get all this equipment, but um, to realize that you can get the right equipment too. Yeah. Like you can go get a black magic for kid. Here's the thing. You know, some people are like, I need this. You know, I need my hot cocoa before I go to bed. What do you <laughs> need and what do you want to do? And what is your vision and how are you going to get there? I go without certain things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That other people might have. Do I have toilet paper on a spool? Fuck yeah, I have toilet paper. But I'm talking about, you know, um, do I really go on vacation? No. But yeah, I'm traveling constantly to fast and cons. But, but it's like a job. But I love it. To me, it's like a Hell vacation. Yeah, but um, my point is, is that, yeah, dude, like your guy who's doing the hot sauce, by the way, was the um, film fest he was in because um, you said he was from UK. Was that film fest in UK? Uh, yeah, he he premiered it at Weekend of the Dead. So it was the um... I got to learn more about the, a lot more of the film fest. That's one. That's my Achilles heel. Um, I only had Let Us In and in um one and and in a couple um i wanted to do the silly one and it just that i really lacked on that you know what i mean so yeah i would love to get let us in shown you know um in one of those film festivals oh real quick about the the, uh, camera stuff real quick so dig this um that's another thing okay so like you know like um some people i feel okay well you just want to get like if you do your phone okay and you're starting out you want to make each project better but nowadays, I'm telling you, I know because I'm a prime example. I let us in was filming 4K. Don't you think it looks really good? It looks you know, great, it, dude. The colors, yeah, pop. and, and even that it's gonna look even better. So what I was gonna say is that's a black magic camera. They got really like cheap, cool Godox lights for like 700, 500, 400. If you know what you're doing, you research it and you really, you know, research it. Like, how am I gonna build this rig? It's not as expensive as, as it is. And if you cut some other bullshit out of your life, you know what I mean? Really, yeah. you could do it. So I say, like, you have your kid, man. You know, your five year old. You know, um, yeah, maybe sometimes you don't want to buy them like $300 little mini Jordans because you might grow out of them or something, right? But but with other things, though, if he needs like a retainer, he needs it, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like these films, unless you're like that creative and, you know, you're just doing SV or you do get your phone and you're that creative and you can do like the Rodriguez documentary, you know, and I know people do shit with their phone. I'm not saying they don't. But I'm just saying, though, if you have the opportunity to do it the right way, you can and try to do it that For way. Sure. Try to always do it right. And like, let's just say I'm not saying let us in. I'm sure some people could pick apart like, you know, like little things like um, I had a guy offer me a Hollywood deal. It is, this isn't no bullshit. I met with a lot of people. But this guy was actually one of my partners, my aunt who helps with independent American pictures. She um, this was a contact through him who I've known for years. I wasn't ready to contact him, but I didn't contact him. He was in town, we met, and he was just blown away at first. And then when we talked, it was just like, hey, man, no, you know, like, I don't dig the facts. I'm like, what? That guy's world famous, my guy. Shout out to James Bell, you know? And he was like, oh, I want to, you need, um, you know, a star in your movie, okay? And <laughs> of course. only though, you know, we'll pay him like 8500 because he'll do it as a favor for me. And he'll be there one day, but he could be seen. That's so we'll sell it. And here's what I, I was like, no, dude. That will end up in the fucking dollar bin, right? And it will take away my integrity. And no, we're working. You know, we have a couple people we've flown, but it's all Detroit cast and crew. And so dig this. I tried talking to him. And I go, look, man, like, let's think outside the box. Hence, I go to Pittsburgh. I meet Drew. I already knew who he was. We never met. I fucking like him. I love him. We're cool. We linked up. He's a, um, a, a true artist. He wants to do even 1%. I knew of a and And then I saw pictures of him in Murder Size, but Murder Size hasn't come out. Now it's the number one horror comedy on Tubi. Okay. Yeah, it's such a good and, movie. Well, yeah. And Drew's getting all these movies. And I wanted him before I even knew this. I only knew him in Pool Party Massacre. But what I'm getting at is, look at, he's a big name, though. And so you don't need to get William Forsythe to play one scene <laughs> in the movie. And I love yeah. William Forsythe, but God bless William Forsythe. Sometimes are like better for humanity. Like what you don't do sometimes is really fucking important. Yeah. So anyways, Drew came around right when I turned down this big deal. And it was like, it was a big fucking deal. But here's the thing. It was the same old story. They wanted to change everything. They of did. course. They want creative you know, control and they want to take that away from you. And I hate that. Hate, hate that. that. 
Because I go out and work with people like, because I'm not stupid, I know that, um, you know, when someone like can make it a little bit better, do you know what I mean? And if they're really, truly trying to help, but you know, when someone's trying to help or they're just yeah. fucking trying yep, for to sure. hurt themselves. For sure. Um, but yeah, man, you, you just, you keep doing what you're doing and you're going to be oh, on a very fast track with uh, getting where you want to be. I mean, not to say that you aren't already there because really like after watching this, I'm so thrilled to watch what's going to be coming out. And even before you said Drew is going to be in your next next film, I wanted to already watch this next film because of how great this one is. And um, I, I, I have some people I want you to reach out to. We'll, we'll talk after this as a separate I can't thing. wait to talk to you. And I wanted to say this too. <laughs> like, uh, we'll talk after, but my, me too, my connections. You know, one thing, man, oh man, I, that's a, I, I'm seeing it a lot more nowadays. But man, you know, with the social media and everything, like, you know, I feel it's in the human's DNA and I'm not, I really truly feel it's not one of my qualities, but you know, people seem to be jealous, you know, it's like in our DNA, you know, it's been yeah. since the beginning of time, you know, people are jealous of the neighbor next door, it's just in their DNA. When you're going through something, people kick when people are down. But what I found, um, and I'm not saying I'm special, I got tons of flaws, but man, I've always, I maybe it came from you know, the DIY shows I threw with my band or my, you know, underground garage rock festivals that I, an annual fest I did. And I really like the communal thing. And like, when you really like hook people up and you just, you know, you can do a lot and it's just all about what you said. And so thank you so much for linking it up. Cause I know cats who are just like, you know what I mean? It just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They yeah. don't want to give you a hook up. They don't want to do anything, you know? And yeah. so it's really important to try to bring the next man up or if two people are kindred spirits and also too, man, people get weird around money too. Right. And that's not what I'm in this for, but I, but I, but what I want to do is keep, keep making more money so that I can keep making more products. I want of people course. to have the best, best movies Then I'm going to put out other people's movies. I got a big plan, you know, but so what I'm getting at is, yeah, we really, that's really cool. What you said, and y'all need to link up, man. Yeah, man. And, you're just you're awesome and i really hope you're awesome <laughs> when when people listen to this they're like i gotta watch your movie now because it's definitely something that everybody needs to see and to really feel like it, it feels like you know a late 70s early 80s film it, it feels like a grindhouse film and i really really yeah. like that with the way that scenes are shot how like the the effects are how even like the dialogue is and how the music is placed in certain areas and camera placement also like everything in this i i feel it, it it feels like you've been doing this for like ever ever like you like whatever mistakes you've made like you've already like corrected them or whatever and it, it's really really awesome to see uh you going full force on this and i really hope it inspires others to start picking up a camera or start writing because um i i need more films like this i really do um, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless, <laughs> except, except that that's what I want. And it's not so much just for the accolade from me. And it's so good to hear the hard work gets paid off and gets recognized. Yeah, dude. And then the fact that you said for more people to watch us, um, is like, yeah, I wanted to inspire more people. I'm not just saying that. And yeah, honestly, the way I look at things is like, um, yeah, sometimes there's like, like we talked about, you know, that new Halloween, how, you know, there were just a couple good scenes I liked in it. But I feel like it's either good or it's not sometimes. I mean, sometimes there's a middle thing. And what I was going to say is, like, even if I didn't direct a lot of sin, it's, it's, I feel it's really cool. It's like, like, I like to call it lightning in a bottle. And remember, I got a lot of pressure on me. I got to make sure the next film, which it's going to be, it's, dude, it's going to be badass. But I mean, you know, anything you can't, I have a sense of urgency and um, I don't want to stop any motion or progress. And so, yeah, you know, I always feel like a fall off, not necessarily putting out something bad, but it's just, I got that mindset of, I do not want to put out anything bad, you know? That, so That's a good uh, mindset to have, because at least you know, like what you want to see, you know, and you're like, I want to see this. So I need to make sure that I'm making it to the standard of myself, you know, and that's what these films really are, or just art in general is it's always something for you. Obviously, you want other people to, you know, enjoy oh, yeah, yeah. it, but like you always want it to be something that you would want to watch. You don't want to go and make something that you're like, ah, that was really, really shitty, but I put it out anyway. You know, like I feel like a lot of people hold too much pressure to get other people's approval when really it's more important about yourself to make sure that you're doing this at the highest quality of yourself. 
And you just to, said key words, not to cut you up, but if you're doing it the highest quality yourself, I mean, there has to be other factors at play too, but here's the thing. It really is true. Karma and all that. I mean, if you don't want to believe it, but karma's real. But the thing is, though, is if you really do put in that high work to, in the keywords you said to get of the highest quality. Um, it will pay off in the sense to where other people will see that. You know, like oh, yeah. when they do see it, they'll see that, whoa, damn. You know, they put out some, you know, that's high quality. So, you know, and it's really cool because a lot of people think out there like, um, like this oh god i don't even know if i should say this same thing but like you know i had a i had an idea for a movie called grave school uh g-r-a-v-e grave school and it was like a final exam type thing and ken for he wanted to do it he didn't sign up or anything i just talked to him he was way into it and um i was and um you know i wrote half the script well pretty much the whole thing but i'm that's what i want to do and then with the whole school shooting thing i didn't want to do it right i remember i was talking to a person okay and i went to this con and um, that's one thing I never did throughout my life is ever go to cons. I, I've just been like, because I always had the most collection and blah, blah, blah. It was almost like I wanted to go to the Hammer ones when I was younger, but I never did. But long story short, I went to my first con and um, so way while back. And so I was talking to this big wig dude who um, he's one of the biggest social media guys in the world. He'll know who people probably know what I'm talking about. I don't know. But either way, um, I like threw some ideas at him. And I was like, hey, man, I got this movie. Great. I was just like, I was like, first of all, I was just like, yeah, man. I was like, you know, you put out this and this and this cool ass old movie. I'm so that's so cool. You got the rights to it. And I go, but hey, man, I was like, I know there's other, you know, younger filmmakers. And and I know that, you know, you might not do that, but you should take a chance on me. I go, I got, I, I got Ken Forhey. You know, I talked to him. You know, Ken, I'm not saying Ken Forhey's even going to remember me, but but what I'm getting at, I don't want him to hear this. Like, what, motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so fun, though. I ain't bullshitting. But, but when I talked to this guy, I said, yeah, I got Ken Forhey. I'm really into this grave school thing. Wait to hear the story. He goes, you know, no, you know, like he was like, no, dude, you know, and he, and he listened to what I had to say. And he basically was like, dude, you don't have any talent. And like, that's what he said in so many words. And when you, when you hear the end of this, you'll be like, oh, okay, I understand. So then I was like, my wife was right there. And I go, yeah, you know, my wife's got a really cool idea. You know, we put our own vinyls out through, um, our band and stuff and i go my wife really wants to do a compilation called killer cuts and it could have like all the songs like the beginning song of hell night you know the opening yeah. song then one of the songs from october blood you know and then a rock and roll nightmare song and you know just other songs like the first song in um killer party you know what i mean oh yeah killer like, party man hell so yeah cool. oh i love oh that's a What's his name? Um, that director from William Freud. He's one of my favorites. But to, to finish the story, the guy goes, no, I don't think that idea, blah, 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 right? So I wanted to do this con here in Detroit, right? And I had a plan before I put the movie out. And remember, I got jacked with uh, Strongarm with COVID. So we do this con. And um, the day before, there's a guy running his booth. And um, my parents and aunt and uncle, they had this... Uh, like the, they had a punk rock clothing store my whole life and it was like vintage and it was a skateboard store and it was open from 1982 to 2004 wow. so we always had like you know like misfits and you know mike ness coming in and then like Didi ramon hanging out and shit and then we had like famous people working there like all these bands on sub pop and um so what happened was i go this guy who was running his booth was in this like legendary 80s 90s they're like you know really big they're still around i forget their name um i wasn't really into them but he had just gotten back from Japan the week before, but he knew him because he cast me on. He goes, Tony, is that you? And he was at this booth. And I go, where's so-and-so? The guy who told me I had no talent, right? And um, I go, because I have a movie, you know? And uh, he goes, hey, man, and we're talking. And he like, he was like, yeah, you know, um, your movie sounds great, this and that. He goes, bring it by uh, before you leave tonight. And then when I was leaving, he goes, like, Tony, you know, and, I, and, and I'm not trying to sound cocky, but he goes, yeah, remember, though, you know, I, you know you're know, you going to have a tough time because there's so much stiff competition out there. Like, you know, there's just so much competition nowadays. So don't plan anything happening. I gave him my stuff. Then my wife and I went up to the hotel. I waited, and at the elevator door, my wife goes down to get her coffee, and the dude's there. Who told me no talent 12, you know, 15 years ago? And he goes, Yo, man, where's your husband at? You know, or where's Anthony Moran? And she goes, He's in the other elevator coming down. I come down and she was like, I was a police or something. And he's like, Are you Anthony? And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, You're Anthony Moran. I'm like, Yeah, what's the deal? I didn't recognize him because I don't want to give it away because some people know what I'm talking about, but I didn't recognize him for a reason. And uh, he goes, Hey, 
uh, you gave my guy downstairs, let us in your fucking film. And he was like, we screened it um, up in my suite. And he was like, dude, what the fuck? You know, he was like, I really feel like, you know, you're with Terrifier and I like it more now. I don't want fans or anything to, you know, go crazy with this. That's not what I'm talking about. And I love Terrifier. I love that guy. It's kind of weird too. Um, like when I was doing my crowdfunding, he was doing the one like um, for Terrifier, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so we vote and he didn't get his money, neither did I. This is like earlier on for, um, I don't know if it was Let Us In, but I think it was for Stronger. But anyways, he goes, let me come to your booth. He came to the booth, saw the toys, everything, right? And he was sitting down and he was like, what the fuck do you want? And what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'm doing this film, Evil 1%. And it's uh, kind of like Evil Dead, like we franchise it. It's got characters, but it's a different story. It's going to be 4K and even better, more kills. And he's like, well, you need to work on some stuff. I'm thinking tons of things he's going to name. He goes, you got to show not kills sometimes. Isn't that funny? So he's talking to me and um, he was just real cool. And he was like, dude, I would love to help you in any way possible. I think we could get it in the theaters too, you know? Wow. And uh, he was like, hey, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was, my wife was just in shock. So when we left, I was going to say, um, it's so weird how much perseverance can get. Oh, and here's the understory, which is too funny. This is what's cool about it. So I had to go up um, and we had to get moved to another room or something. And so my wife talked to him. Listen to what he said. He goes, man, I didn't give any advi uh, bad advice to your husband. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I told your husband, like, you know, I was rough on him 12 years ago. He goes, the reason why I did that, he goes, is because... Like a guy called me. I always get people showing me their movies, right? And he goes, I had a guy who um, was like a retired guy from the East Coast. And he said, yeah, I used my whole retirement, like 150, 200,000 for a movie. And he goes, you know, and, and he's like, you know, he flew down to meet me. And he's like, dude, I watched it, you know? And he was like, oh my God, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. But he was like, oh, was man. he? And he goes, so I try discouraging people. Do you know what I mean? And he was yeah. like, because I get it every day. I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy. But it was really wild to get some affirmation. Do you know what I mean? It was really wild from working that hard. And um, yeah, you know what I mean? Things can turn around and um, yeah, you know, people can change and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's important, like you said, to stick with your vision and, Hell yeah. you know, be driven, you know? Hell yeah, man. That, that's, that's really awesome to hear that, you know, you really are making grounds and, and going, you know, up slowly, but still sticking to your guns and, and you know, doing what you want to do what you know that you you want to do and to please everybody including yourself that's that's really really awesome and um this was awesome chatting with you and, and i want to get you on again when the next film comes out um, but this was awesome and i really hope people are pulling going to be pulling some stuff from this interview to realize okay i can do i can do this now i know what i can do or hell let them reach out to you if there's um any where they you would rather them reach out to you about any questions or even to like look at merch or anything if you want to let them know and i can also put links down below as well for people to go and um, check out all your stuff yeah please do please do but yeah everybody can get a hold of me just straight up um on ig at independent american pictures you know and you can get a hold of me also and listen you can buy everything straight from me we ship out every we ship out monday wednesday and friday we're getting like 15 to 35 packages out i got a girl that just specifically has done my shipping the last year and um she's just right on it so you can um get a hold of me at independentamericanpictures.com i'm anthony moran i'm also anthony moran anthony e is an edward uh, moran m-o-r-e-n on ig and um my facebook links up there and right when you go to iep we don't have a link tree i'm gonna link that up but here's the thing um i've been doing it diy i've been doing it so long it's gotta expand more because um like i do need a link tree but it's not that my shit isn't professional right everything i actually had a, a website strongarmmovie.com and i shut that down and had all the ip stuff so i'm going to start a new one in um independentamericanpictures.com i have awesome. a domain but basically i have an ebay store it's actually shut down the last four days but that's where i sell the majority is on ig and ebay so the ebay store is independentamericanpictures.com too Awesome. And I'll make sure to get all those links from you and whatnot, whatever you want me to put down yeah. in the description. But um, Anthony, this was amazing. You are really awesome. True, you know, rock and DIY to the core. And I feel that. And I'm happy we're able to link up and, and you know, kind of talk about filming and hear your story and like where you stand with how you, you know, make films and, and just going through your whole life up until now. 
is really, really cool. And um, thank you for giving me the time to do that. Hey, man, thank you for giving me time to blab because, man, I just love people. I love talking about this. I could talk for hours. Um, and I just appreciate you having me on, man. And hey, I love uh, Salem, Massachusetts. You know, there was always that rumor that uh, who are they, the Parker Brothers or who has the game company out yeah. there? Yeah, Parker I always remember this, the stuff to go and I'm talking about. And yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, yeah, when I was a kid, we, we went and visited there. You know, my dad was like, I heard there. You know what I mean? It's so fun, you know, and I love Salem, Massachusetts. So hard. Rebecca Nurse, you know, the Rebecca Nurse house. And it's just so oh, cool. Yeah, I was like eight or nine. So I can't wait to get out there, you know, and cheers to everybody out in Salem, Massachusetts. Man, I love you guys. And yep, hello and goodbye from Detroit, Michigan and the Pan American Pictures. And yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll have all the links down below for you guys to go check out Anthony and um, stay up to date on what's going to be coming out. And there might be some cool news coming out after I talk to him after the show. We'll see. But um, thank yeah. you guys so much for, for tuning in and um, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, and I'll stay tuned. Like, we'll talk right after this. You can end it. All right. Yeah, goodbye, everybody.